Society Podcast. Hey, hey, what's up? It's the Zisu back again, E Society Podcast. And this is Anchor Presents Pacino and De Niro. But before I go any further, it's the Nez. Yo, yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome, Anchor Time. Uh, this episode, we're just gonna talk about uh, some of our favorite uh, De Niro and uh, Al Pacino films. I mean, there's so many of them. Uh, these two uh, just legendary actors have been putting it in since, geez, uh, what, De Niro's been 70s. 60s? Yeah. And Pacino. 70s. Also, no, 60s as well. He's been yeah. Doing, they all been. You're doing. right, you're right. 68, 69. Yeah. So His been, first, obviously, his breakthrough is uh, Godfather in 72. So. Yeah, they've been. Uh, They've been cranking them out. Um, I, I think for Al, I think I came into it with Serpico. Um, yeah, I had heard of Godfather because my mom and dad had the book, but I the first actual movie that I seen of his was Serpico. It was on one night, and my dad was watching it, so I just kind of sat there and watched it. Uh, I really enjoy that film. Have you seen that one? I have. Uh, you know, of all things, what inspired me was uh, Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I don't know if you remember the episode where Charlie did the whole Serpico bit. <laughs> that one, I mean, I've always loved it, man. It is, uh, I know I have it on DVD somewhere. I need to get the the um, Blu-ray, but this one, and this one was good. I mean, it was a nice introduction to the great Al Pacino. Uh, an honest New York uh, cop named Frank Serpico blows a whistle on a rampant corruption in the forest only to have his comrades turn against him. Uh, oh. This one was cool, man. I mean, it was the early 70s of uh, New York. and Makes sense, too. I mean, for the longest time, you could, would consider that to be corrupt. But yeah, like the poster says, many of his fellow officers consider him to be the most dangerous man alive. An honest cop. Huh. It was like these guys. I mean, I mean, especially New York. I mean, I didn't hit New York until like in the two thousands. But it's especially for film. I mean, in New York. And if you like the you history buffs that do that, that know the history of New York, it was uh, pretty bad. I mean, dealing with crime and everything. It had super high crime rates. Um, that's what always got me scared to go to New York. But once I went there, I mean, it was cool, man. I mean, I had fun. I was able to bum around by myself and skate the streets of New York. But uh, these movies, these type of movies, these movies and the old school horror films when it's going running around uh, in New York with crime, just like on every street corner. I mean, it was cool. I love the grittiness of, of this film. If you guys have not seen this film in a while, um, I don't know if it's streaming anywhere. It usually says it at the top. Yeah, uh, usually we'll say, oh, here it is, it is Showtime. Okay, it. well, Showtime. For you Showtime uh, listeners uh, that have it, uh, if you haven't seen this film, I mean, it is it is a true classic for Al Pacino. And uh, like I said, I really love the grittiness uh, of New York and just dealing with the, um, the corruption uh, of police. I mean, even way back then, I mean, maybe even all those as far as the beginning when police forces started. Uh, even today, we still get these movies with the uh, corrupt uh, cops and everything. I think the last good one that I saw was Den of Thieves. Uh, I thought that oh, yeah. one, I thought that one was awesome, but I mean, it's 
in today's society, it still exists, and it's sad to say, but that's that's the way the world goes. Uh, but yeah, yeah, if you guys have not seen this, uh, or if you have seen it and, and haven't watched it in a long time, this is definitely one to check out. I mean, I think it, it was for me, it was a, a breakthrough performance uh, for Pacino. I mean, when I say breakthrough, it was because I was introduced to this to the to this actor, and right. had, had no idea on what was to come uh, for him because I mean he was such such a young guy during this film. Uh, it came out seventy three, so obviously he probably filmed it in seventy two, but. I was only what two years old when this film came out, so I didn't right. see it. I didn't see it until it was on TV. But uh, this is definitely one to check out, and uh, this was probably one of the ones that uh, I just was like the first thing that popped in my head, mainly just because this was the the, the film that introduced me to Al Pacino. And yeah, Serpico, um, Disease Who Said streaming on Showtime, so definitely check it out. Yep. Uh, I'm gonna have to rewatch it again. I'm just talking about it, thinking yeah. about the images of of the of the gritty New York and everything. Uh, it was good. It, it, it's it's good. It's what two hours and ten minutes. Um, it didn't seem very long, but it, it's cool. It's it's a crime drama, so you you got this, don't expect shoot 'em up action and all. There is some of that in it, but it's not like throughout. But definitely check out right, Serpico. Right. Yeah. How about uh, nineteen seventy five Dog Day Afternoon? That one is awesome. I also yep. seen that one. TV, I believe, a uh, channel for you Bay Area listeners, uh, KBHK Channel Forty Four. They had their, um, oh, excuse me, their eight o'clock movies, uh, and that one was awesome. I recently watched one that not too long ago. Uh, it was on like Sundance or one of these channels, uh, one of the channels that doesn't cut everything up. There's still commercials, but it, it's not cut up. But that nice. one, that one was awesome, and I, mean, I really liked that one. Uh, I really loved. Um, what's his name? Um, his, the, his buddy that was with his him. partner. Was it Sal? Was that his name? I think so. Yeah. Uh, he was also in uh, um, Godfather and all those. But uh, right, was that his name? Sal? Yeah, it was. Uh, John. Yeah, yeah, yeah. John Zell. I think that says his name. Yeah. Uh, that one was good, man. It was. I loved it because it was just awesome performances by both of them. Both. I, I really love it too. <laughs> Sal didn't say much, but it was just these guys thought they had a good idea and it didn't turn out to be a good idea. So Yeah. And then the iconic uh Attica scene, which uh also was parodied on Sunny and Philly, uh, again by Charlie. So early on it was funny to see how much uh Charlie was uh kind of imitating uh pacino <laughs> it's cool to watch these old films i mean this one came out in 75 and it's just to see where these actors started and to see where they are now i i know it's the, the both of these actors have just been doing the straight to video type of things for a long time lately pacino yeah. does he's in uh what's that one when they're looking for the nazis um, oh, hunters! Yeah, he's in that. They, you know, that's good. He's in that like, one right now. Yeah, like he's like impressive in it too. So, because both of these actors have had stinkers, and that were I'm oh not, yeah, no doubt. Not saying every film that they put out is classic. I mean, it's just especially Pacino. There was one. Um, I think it was called like eighty-eight minutes or something like that. I think that's what it was called. 
And I was like, oh, sweet, because we had got a screener for it. Uh, one of my friends had it, so we watched it. And it came out in the theaters like like months later. But, man, that movie was garbage. <laughs> so I, I was like, all right, maybe he just needed a paycheck. But Dog Day Afternoon, man, this one is not garbage. This is a true classic. Uh, a man yep. robs a bank to pay his lover's operation, which turns into a hostage situation and a media circus. Uh, this one pretty much just takes place in a, in a bank in New York. And it's just the, the, the like good idea, good plan. And then it just falls apart. <laughs> And it, it, they're pretty much stuck in the bank the whole time. The whole, like yeah. I said, the whole film takes place uh, in the bank. There's a, a ton of uh, of people in this. I think his uh, lover was um, what's his face from Fright Night? Um, dang it! For those of you horror fans that are probably screaming at me, um, <laughs> he played Jack Skellington and uh, uh, Chris Sarandon. That was his name. Yeah, that was uh. Pacino's lover and uh, he was married too but it just uh, once uh, the media got a hold of him it it just it just went out of control <laughs> I mean right. it it was cool man I mean I really loved uh, to to hold the, to to hold the audience of just not a lot of films can do this I mean there have been uh, many attempts and there is ones when there's good but when your 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 set is just basically in a room I mean, look at Saw. Look how awesome that was. And that was just, it bounced everywhere. So it's, so does this. But I mean, it's just pretty, you're pretty much, you're not, you're not worried about uh, the, the surroundings uh, of, of the weather or anything. You're just, you're just in this, in this bank. So I, mean, I really love this. And I have not seen this one in a long time. When was the last time you saw this one? Yeah. Uh, probably a couple of years ago, I threw it back on again. And yeah, it holds up. Uh, as you watch it over the years, it's just such a solid film, solid performances. And like you were saying, it really just keeps you interested in what's going on and the tension of the bank and how there's almost, you know, they obviously they just wanted to get this done and get out. And then they kind of get trapped in there. And the, uh, the hostages almost start to like sympathize with them. as like, these guys are all right. You know? Yeah. These guys weren't just the ones, um, that just go in there and rob the bank and end up, end up killing hostages or anything. I mean, these, they did go in there like, Hey, we don't want to hurt anybody. And they were serious. They didn't want to hurt anyone. They just wanted to get what they could get out, but it just fell apart. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no, that's it's like that's uh, my my favorite of his early career for sure. And speaking of John Cazell, uh, I think that's how I say his name. He was also in another film, also in the seventies. I think this was like the the first film that I had seen that introduced me to Robert De Niro. Uh, John Cazell uh, played Sal in Dog Day Afternoon. He uh, co-starred with uh, De Niro in uh, 1978's The Deer Hunter. Uh, um, I remember when it came out, uh, I saw it at the drive-in w- with my parents and, uh, I, cause I remember one of my buddies came over to my house and, uh, cause his mom was going to the movie. So he, he spent the night and it was like during the, the school, the school, it was a school night. So I was like, well, well, that's weird. Uh, and then my mom said, yeah, his mom went to go see a movie and I said, well, what'd she go see? And they, they said the deer hunter. 
I went, oh, okay. I, I didn't know what that was, but my dad go, oh, I want to see that too. So that weekend we went and saw it uh, at the drive-in. I didn't really understand what was happening. Was I was seven years old uh, when this was yeah. going on. But I mean, <laughs> to watch some of it, I mean, there was it's, it is a drama. So there's a lot of just uh, talking and talking. But I think what the the stuff that caught my eye in this one was uh, the the war scenes, the Vietnam scenes. Um, but enjoy, enjoying, I watched this not like a month or so ago, but watching this now, um, I would love to see this on the big screen again. I saw it on a drive-in screen. That that's is big enough. But to to if we ever get back into theaters again, if they do those uh, those those days when they they have the flashback movies and they show this, um, I'd seen this movie a million times. I've owned probably every form of media: VHS, DVD, and Blu-ray. But I mean, I really love this film. It's it's really sad. It gets me every time I watch it. But it, it was an amazing film. And I think as a little kid watching this, um, my parents let us pretty much watch everything, anything we wanted to watch. I mean, there, there was no porn or anything, but it was just. But the watching this today with the, the Vietnam scene is is rough, man. I mean, it was just. I could I've never been in the military and I, I don't know the the anything of war all i know is about what i've seen in movies and stuff on the news and everything and my friends that have been in war would come home and tell me what they had gone through but with this one i mean what i think especially dealing with the vietnam war um a lot of my uncles uh, they were they were involved they went over there in it and my one of my uncles was a um a machine gunner in a helicopter uh, i didn't learn that until he had passed because when he told us uh, about his stay in Vietnam, it was just about uh, funny things. So, oh, we did this, and it was funny, and this and that, playing tricks on each other, and this and that. He never actually told us what he had done there. He never, he never went into what he saw there. Um, some of my other uncles told oh, this happened to us one time, and my friends that went over during Desert Storm. Or my other friends that went over to Afghanistan and Iraq and all that when they came home and uh, would tell me what they saw. I never asked, well, what happened over there? And it was it was just one of those conversations where they would just start talking about, oh, man, there was this one time this happened. And I never wanted to stop them because it was just more of maybe it's helping them that they talked about it. And my friends, did they broke down with with the stories they would tell me and I broke, I'd break down with them because I, they're my friends and, and I'm, it's war is hell. Like I said, I've never been in it, but I mean that, that term has been used since I was a little kid, especially in films, war is hell. But one of my buddies said, yeah, that's true. And uh shout out to him. I think he listens to the show off and on again, but yeah, but with, the, with this Vietnam, this scene, um, it was it was brutal with that whole Russian roulette. Uh, yeah, that's what I was gonna mention. Especially the the awesome performances of John Savage and Christopher Walken uh, in that scene when they're uh, they're POWs mm-hmm. and they have them in those little rat river cages things. And I mean, John Savage, man, he he played Stevie. He was just so so scared, and he didn't. 
he didn't know what to do. I mean, the thing that was cool is that they did end up bumping into each other because that scene right before they get captured, they they kind of bump into um, Michael, uh, Robert De Niro's character, and he's just going off that whole scene with the flamethrower and them just shooting up uh, all the Viet Cong and everything. But, man, that, that whole scene right there was just super intense. Uh, I was just like, man, I mean, it seemed like Robert De Niro was the only one that was really thinking straight. Stevie was lost because of that scene. This scene is when um, Robert De Niro's talking to Christopher Walken's character, Nick. Nicky is what he called him. He's telling him, he's like, Nicky's like, well, what about Stevie? And he's like, Michael's just like, forget him. He's gone. He goes, we need we need to do this. And then I was telling him, because we got to make sure and let him put an extra bullet in the gun. Because uh, Michael had a plan to get them out of there, and that that whole scene—if you guys have never seen this film—just Deer Hunter Russian Roulette scene and, and watch it. it. It was just so. The first time I saw it, I was just kind of like not really understanding what was happening. But as I got older and I could understand the scene, I mean that scene stuck out to me the most. Um, yep, it's an amazing scene. But I loved the cinematography of when the during the war scenes. But I think the stuff that blows me away the most about this film is when they're up in the mountains, uh, deer hunting. There's just ama- amazing cinematography uh, on, on what they did when you see the the, the early morning and the, the mist uh, of the clouds and the, just the awesome deers that are running around and De Niro uh, and his crew running around looking for their for their kill. And. It, it was awesome, especially the score. I, I don't know who did the score on this, but man, I mean, this whoever did it, it just it just blew it away. I did this did win uh, best picture uh, that year, but I mean, I just love this film. When was the first time you saw this? Uh, yeah, it wasn't early. It wasn't until you know pretty late. Uh, I would say probably even after two thousands. Uh, that era sometime between 2000 and 2010 is the first time I saw it. Uh, so yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's the Russian roulette thing is, is, uh, the, you know, obviously the standout and most unforgettable thing about that film for sure. Or even the, the scene at the end when, uh, uh, Michael goes to look for, for Nikki, uh, Christopher Walken, because I guess war just messed him up and he ended up staying over there because Michael and, and Stevie were the only ones that, that came home uh, from from their whole crew of friends. Right. And um, uh, Stevie was like, hey, can you... He, Michael went to visit Stevie in, in the, at the VA hospital and he told him, he said, look, man, this stuff comes like every month. And it was just like just tons and tons of money. It was coming out of Saigon. So that he goes, is this from Nikki? And Michael's like, yeah, it's him. So he he went back over there to look for him, basically just to bring him home because everybody wanted to know where he was. They didn't know if he was alive or what. So he went over there to get them. But then when he finds them, because Nikki just like lost it and went into that whole uh, just winning money playing Russian roulette. I mean, there's a lot of back alley stuff uh dangerous things going on in that country. And, and I know that just because of what my uncle told me. He, he he did say, he goes, that's real. At things that, that the back alley thinks. And I was like, whoa, really? And he was like, yeah. I was like, all right, cool, man. I, I'll never want to go through any of that. But 
that that whole scene was super intense um and it was sad that that's the scene that always gets me and oh man i mean it was just it it was just real powerful i mean it was just michael when he was talking to nikki and nikki just seemed to be like brainwashed and he didn't even know where he was and and michael just kept telling come on man you know who i am i need to take you home come on and he's just Christopher Walken. He, he's he's an amazing actor as well. Yeah. He's done so many good films. But I mean, this is one of the scenes where it just it just blew me away. And when spoiler alert, if you haven't seen it, but when Nick ends up shooting himself uh, in the head, I mean, the effects aren't the greatest, but it's the best they had in the seventies. But it was it was just really sad. I mean, he's just holding his friend, basically his brother, in his hands while blood is just pouring out and i was like oh man um yeah it was on uh cinemax i believe and i think i just caught like from the middle from from the war all the way to the end is when i just started watching it but that this film is awesome it's amazing i think it's streaming on on one of these one of these platforms but definitely uh one of my top uh top 10 of uh, de niro's uh, films you have a favorite? Uh, I think I actually mentioned this before. It's like uh, an unexpected uh, favorite from De Niro, and that's 1998's Ronan, uh, a freelancing former U.S. intelligence agent, tries to track down a mysterious package that is wanted by the Irish and the Russians. Uh, and also, besides De Niro, stars Jean Reno, Stellan Skarsgård, Sean Bean, yeah, uh, Jonathan Price, uh, directed by John Frankenheimer. Uh, this is one of those films. This could also qualify if we ever did an anchor on uh, most rewatchable movies. This is a movie I always just love to throw on, and it's, it's something one of my go-tos for sure. So uh, I love De Niro's performance in it. Like I said, it may not be his, like, best work ever technically ever but it's my favorite performance of his because it's the movie i go back to the most out of his i need to watch that again i know we did talk about this before and i yeah. I, I wasn't very impressed i saw it once in the theater okay when it came out and i was like eh. but yeah however long ago that was when i went yeah 98 98 yeah i think i told this story too last time we talked about it how uh this is pro when i saw this it was actually one of the longest times i ever spent in the theater i saw like four or five films that day uh i was living in arizona and i went to this theater in phoenix and yeah it was like one of the five that i saw and it was definitely to me it was like the standout i think i also mentioned last time but one of them was the uh, psycho remake with vince vaughn so that kind of gives you the the time setting. <laughs> uh, I think one of the, when, when he started doing comedies, I mean, I think that's a lot of the De Niro stuff that, that I really loved. Yeah. I think my favorite comedy that he had done is uh, midnight run that came out. Oh in, yeah. No doubt. 1988 uh, stars uh, Robert De Niro and Charles Grodin, uh, Yafet Kodo and a bunch of other people. Uh, this one was awesome. I loved it. Uh, an accountant is chased by bounty hunters, uh, the FBI, and the mafia after jumping bail. 
Uh, basically, um, Charles Grodin, they called him the Duke. He, he just kind of embezzled some money from uh, some of the, the Italian mafia. And uh, the FBI was after him, basically just trying to protect him so they can bring down the mob. And uh, they the, they were hiring, um, what's his name was in this? Um, Joe Pantolino. He was like yep. the, the, not really a bookie, but he was a guy that, that, that sent out the bounty hunter. The bounty hunters was uh, Robert De Niro and uh, John Ashton. He, he played Marvin. And those two were hilarious going back and forth at each other. But I did love the, the comedy team of De Niro and Charles Grodin. Uh, I've loved Charles Grodin from it's probably all the seventies movies that he had done, but this movie is hilarious. I mean, it's the F bomb is just flying through the whole film. Uh, and, uh, Dennis Ferreira, I think that's his name. Farina yeah. or whatever. He's always good. Uh, I loved him as, um, Avi and, uh, snatch. Um, but he always, he he always plays a good, uh, a mob dude. So, I mean, I'd seen him in, in other things. But, I mean, this this whole thing is hilarious. I did pick up the Blu-ray not too long ago, and this is probably one of those ones I can throw in all the time, no yep. matter how many times I've seen it, and just laugh at all the uh, all the jokes because it was just so awesome. I mean, De Niro, I mean, I think, I think up to this point uh, dealing with De Niro, he, I don't know if he had done any comedies before this unless I just didn't see him. Um, because from before, I, it was just all serious. Serious right. stuff uh, that I had seen. Um, Untouchables, I mean, Once Upon a Time in America, stuff Raging like, Bull. Stuff like this, I didn't really... I was going to the movies, but I was. it was just mainly action films and horror movies and, and raunchy comedies like Porky's and Revenge of the Nerds and stuff like that. I This, this was one that my dad, we went to the drive-in. And uh, he was like, yeah, let's go see this. I was like, all right, whatever. And uh, we ended, I ended up enjoying it, but... Um, I think he did maybe one or two comedies before this, but nothing. Uh, not, I mean, everything was pretty much serious uh, uh, up to this point. But at, at this time uh, in my life, I was what seventeen, sixteen, seventeen. I yep. was I was going backwards and and watching the old films. That's when I when I got into the Godfather ones and and Godfather Part Two. Um, he I don't think he was he wasn't in the first one. He was in the second one because he he played a young um. Uh, Vito Colleone. So he, he was only in that one. It was it was yeah. main, it was mainly um what's his nuts Al Pacino in those ones, right? But, um, yeah, I think that one was, was hilarious. I I did love the uh, Meet the Fockers and Meet the Parents and Little Fockers and all that. And he had did he did. I think the last comedy that made me laugh through the whole thing was that the Grudge Match. Did you see that one? Grudge Match it was him and Sylvester Stallone. Yes, 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 I did. I had to, to remind myself of what it was, but yes, I actually did see that. <laughs> that one, he was awesome in that. Uh, he played the kid, and uh, Stallone was Razor. Uh, but what I think I loved both of those two guys in this film. But the ones who stole the yep. show, stole the show, was Alan Arkin and Kevin Hart. Yeah, no doubt. Those two were <laughs> awesome <laughs> in this. Yeah. But this is a good movie. I wasn't expecting much. I think this was when something. Uh, what twenty thirteen? Something was out, and I just, well, I want to see something. And it's a comedy. I like both of these actors, and I wasn't expecting much from this film, but it was actually pretty good. What I loved about this film, I mean, uh, other than De Niro, Stallone was awesome. Stallone's done many comedies. I know a lot of people didn't like those comedies, but I did. Um, but I loved how they did the um, 
they use old raging bull footage and old Rocky footage to to show up because um, these the, these two were, were young boxers. Uh, a pair of aging boxing rivals are coaxed out of retirement to fight one final bout thirty years after their last match. So uh, it was guess it was good that both of them had done boxing films because they did use that old boxing footage and uh, yep. with, the, with the with the the. The awesomeness of, of CGI to to make scenes at, at old scenes when they did flashbacks. So uh, yep. I haven't seen this movie in a while. Um, I know I have it somewhere. I'd have to dig for it. But I, this one was funny. I, I loved it, what was happening in this. But um, yeah, yeah, he had a sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just saying that was it. Oh, no, I was just, and I wanted to add to that point. He had a busy 2013 uh, grudge match, American Hustle, Last Vegas, The Family, The Big Wedding. And uh, the another one I wanted to bring up, kind of uh, what I think was one of his hidden gems, uh, uh, Killing Season. It doesn't have a lot of love on the meta score. Only nine critics uh, gave it a 25. But it's one of those... Uh, like man versus man, like uh, hunting films. Two veterans of the Bosnian War, one American, one Serbian, find their unlikely friendship tested when one of them reveals their true intentions. It's uh, basically De Niro versus Travolta in this one. And I don't know, like I really enjoyed this film. Uh, I think I actually uh, recommended it before on a random recommendation. Uh, did you ever see this one? I never even heard of this. Uh, I've yeah. seen the poster. Uh, I, I've seen that, but I've never, I've never seen it. Yeah, uh, it's usually floating around uh, uh, Netflix. You know, it makes the rounds as one of those kind of films. There so. was there was a movie. I was when you said the title, I was thinking of something else. Um, there was one he did with uh, Pacino, and I thought it was gonna be good, and it turned out to be garbage. Um, is this it? Let me see. No, that's not it. Um, I can't remember what it was called. I'm just kind of going down the list. The family, that one was what it was. It was okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, I liked it. It was one of those. I mainly watched it for uh, Michelle Pfeiffer, but. It was what it was. Yeah, um, it was okay. There was one that they had. I, I don't remember the name of it. Oh, uh, I think this is it. Let me see. Yeah, Righteous Kill. Did you see that one? With De Niro I don't and think Pacino? I did. No. Uh, two veteran New York uh, City detectives work on a case of serial executions of criminals who escaped justice. It sounded good, the the trailer, it, it, but I did not like it. It was like boring. I was, okay. I was kind of like <laughs> something happened. <laughs> but, um, yeah. maybe I need to watch it again. I only seen it the one time, and I just you put those two in the movies, and you're like, yeah, oh, man, it's gonna be good. But then I was, I was, I was totally let down. Yeah. Well, speaking of uh, putting them. Uh, both in a movie, I think uh, everything when you talk about uh, De Niro and Pacino together, uh, you got to mention uh, the big uh, meetup in the uh, mid '90s, uh, Heat. Uh, oh, awesome film. Yeah, yeah. No, and I mean it sets the table for just everything as far as like 
crime films going forward, even the video games, GTA and things like that. A group of professional bank robbers start to feel the heat from police when they unknowingly leave a clue behind at their latest heights. Uh, the interesting thing about this one is it's so good up, you know, through it, but it all leads to the face-off, basically, uh, between the two. And it's just, it was, it's such a cool moment. I remember that's what everybody was, like, talking about, like, uh, in the time. I was in high school when this came out in 95. And I remember that's, like, that was, like, the buzz about it. Not the high school kids are really talking about Pacino and De Niro. But I remember, like, just the, the, the buzz for the movie in general uh, saying, like, that's why it was such a must-see, you know. This whole movie was good until the ending. I thought the ending was stupid. It, right. It, 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 just, it just, I mean, I don't know. Of course, you got to wrap it up, but it just, it didn't, I didn't buy it. I mean, especially all the stuff that De Niro was saying, even in their little meeting uh, when uh, uh, Neil and uh, Vincent Al Pacino was a lieutenant. And just, I don't know, I didn't buy it. I, it that was the only thing that didn't sit right with me with this film. That yeah. was the only thing. Other than that, it it was an amazing. It had an amazing cast. You got Val Kilmer, John, John Voight, Tom Sizemore, uh Wes Studi, uh Ashley Judd, um, what's his nuts? Uh the guy that's in the Allstate commercials. Dennis uh Haysbert, is that his name? Um I can't remember his name yeah. in um in Major League. Uh a young Natalie Portman. Yep. And it was just it was awesome. I mean, Michael Mann. I mean, he 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 he's done stinkers. I'm not saying oh, everything yeah. he's done, but this was one of the ones. This was actually the last movie I saw at Eastmont Mall. Not Eastmont, uh, uh, Hilltop Mall when they had the theater there. Hey, Hilltop. The, this was the last <laughs> movie that I saw there. It was like uh, they turned it into a dollar theater. Uh, it was like basically at the end of its run. So Mike right. Mike was talking about it. Have you seen Heat? I said no. What's that? So we went and seen it. And um, this is this is another one. But it, I remember it was being super long. It's almost three hours long, but um, and it's 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 really slow. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't just. I mean, if you know Michael Mann, that's how his his films and his and the stuff he did for TV was all. It's all has that same vibe and feel. I, I didn't like that one with Tom Cruise and um, Jamie Fox. Uh, I thought it was going to be good. I, know. I came around on that one. I didn't like that at first, and I actually gave it a rewatch and was able to appreciate it more. That was, uh, was that Collateral? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, maybe I need to watch it again, but I was super psyched. I was like, oh, cool, Tom Cruise and uh, Jamie Foxx, and I was kind of let down. But anyway, right. I'll have to find that and, and rewatch it. But this film was awesome. I mean, I loved Except for the ending, I said I loved everything about it, and and everyone when they bring up this film, everyone goes to uh, the bank robbery scene in that whole shootout uh, in downtown uh, L.A. Have you seen that area where that that took place? Yeah, yeah, it's small. It. Yeah, it is. <laughs> That's what I was gonna say. <laughs> uh, me and Mike were driving around, and we saw it, and I was like. This is it. I mean, I mean, of course, movies they they, they make everything look bigger than it is. Sure. Uh, but I was like, man. I mean, it made it seem like they were running for blocks, but it was just barely uh, a block, maybe two up to the freeway. <laughs> but 
um right. without getting into real life but uh that was an awesome scene i loved uh what they did these guys were ready and they were prepared and i just loved how uh they had each other's backs when uh one was shooting then all right go then the next guy would run while they were covering i love that whole scene i mean that whole shootout was just like uh, especially seeing it in the theater um, it was just super loud and everything uh, I remember when this came out on uh, Laserdisc, uh, a buddy of mine, he got it. It was like <laughs> one of the first movies he had. And uh, he had the whole big TV and the surround sound and everything. Uh, the best that the 90s could give uh, at that time, late 90s. Right. But <laughs> I just remember it being hella loud. I remember the part, I remember the part that like I felt the bass is, is that scene when they, uh, when they robbed the, the armored car. Uh, that whole scene when they, when they blow it up. Because in, in that scene, when they blow the back of the door, uh, there's like a car lot next to it and all the windows and those blow out. But I felt that bass of the boom in my chest when I was sitting there in his living room watching it. I was like, damn. But yeah, this movie was awesome, man. I, I loved everybody that was in it. Yeah, exactly. Um, one I definitely always love to go back to. Um, kind of staying in the uh crime thriller drama uh, another one for pacino i wanted to mention was uh 2003's the recruit a brilliant young cia trainee is asked by his mentor to help find a mole in the agency did you see this one is that the one with colin for real yeah i did yeah. not like this one i saw it in the theater i was i was kind of no, mad not I for you i didn't like it <laughs> I liked it because um, I think I underestimated it and I didn't see where it was going and the eventuality of it. So I actually did enjoy it. I, I, I actually liked it a lot. So, But we often uh, do disagree on certain films. <laughs> I, it was probably one of, it was one of those ones. Um, I'll talk about this next film, but I mean, this, uh, insomnia, I saw that one. I was like, Oh my God. And, um, uh, what was that other one he had done? Uh, devil's advocate. I mean, it was, it was after all that. And then the recruits, I was like, Oh, cool. I want to go see this. And then I was kind of like, yeah, it felt like I was let down. Uh, with that's that funny. One. You mentioned insomnia because I know a lot of people are, uh, iffy on that too. I, that one was for me actually one that I was expecting a lot out of and was a little more like, uh, <laughs> oh, this movie was awesome. You had three Academy Award winners in this film, other than uh, the, the late and great Robin Williams, rest in peace. Yeah. Um, this is when he, when he was doing films that, that weren't uh, like, if, if you knew who Robin Williams, I mean, he was always just comedy, funny stuff and stuff like that. But when he started getting into the more really super serious roles, I mean, this one, and then you got the one hour photo and, uh, yeah, some one other hour ones. photo stands but out to be, um, I think Robin Williams stole this whole film. Uh, but I loved, uh, uh, Al Pacino in this for, uh, what he had done. Uh, two Los Angeles homicide detectives are dispatched to a Northern town where the sun doesn't set to investigate a methodical murder on a local teen. Um, uh, this is just directed by Christopher Nolan. I mean, other than, yeah, he, he does awesome films, but um, it wasn't a role for Robin Williams to, to be the bad guy 
in it and how, how serious it is. I know when, when you think of Robin, when you think of Ms. Doubtfire and Mark and Mindy and, and stuff like that and Hook and, and all the funny things that he has done, but um, I think he was getting away from all that. He was just starting to take more serious roles. And at first it took me a minute because I really didn't buy it because I was just like, when you see Robin Williams, it just puts a smile on your face. But how he was in this, and I mean, I love Hillary Swank, so it's good to see her on the screen. But Robin Williams' performance was just amazing. But Al Pacino, but of just being this cop that, um, from what I remember, I haven't seen this in a while. I think he was doing Dirt, but he just he could he did the, how tired he looked because he yeah. just, he couldn't yeah. sleep. And, right. be, and being in a town uh, the, the, where the sun never sets wasn't helping him, and it, I think that that's what it, it went and went good with the story of him just like barely ke- like he. I was like, why don't you just sleep? Because he looks super tired, but he just he just couldn't. But him trying to be this detective to help him and uh, um, Hillary Swank trying to solve this this murder was it was just crazy i mean i really love this i forgot christopher nolan directed this one and again i have not seen this in a long time this is what 2002 yeah i saw it right when it came out and maybe that's why i should revisit it because i just saw it the once so maybe it's something i should give another try i'll definitely have to dig this out i know i have it on dvd somewhere i don't think i have blu-ray but um i really love did this come out before um, one hour photo. I'm trying to look. Because one hour photo. That one actually really stood out to me. That I, you know, thought a lot more of than uh, Insomnia, at least at the time. Let me see. Did one hour photo come out before or after? Looks like it came out after. No, no, no. Right. Uh, two two movies before. He did one hour uh, photo, then he did Death to Smoochie. Did you see that one? No. Him and uh, Robin Williams and... Um, I know it, but yeah, no. Ed, uh, Ed Norton. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is when I was starting to lose it for Ed Norton. He just, uh, I don't know. He just... And then hearing about he's an asshole to work with, I think that's... Right. <laughs> that, that ruins it. Right. Um, I know we're supposed to be talking about De Niro and Pacino, but Robin Williams... Uh, he he had done so much. I remember. The, I think one of the last ones that that really was um, Bicentennial Man. Yeah. I, I remember yeah. it was just like really super slow and depressing. <laughs> yep, I remember that. Uh, I was like, uh, uh, yep. uh, yeah. But <laughs> I mean, you go back to his 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 stuff. I mean, he did a lot of. I mean, he did some serious roles, but not so much in, in his later career because he was still uh, riding the comedy train mainly through all the eighties, and then he started doing uh, serious roles. But he was—he uh, would still be joking and everything. I remember one of the ones I thought was going to be hilarious, but was kind of weird, was that movie Toys. Did you see that one? I did, and I don't know. You expected it to be a little more—I don't know. <laughs> it was weird. <laughs> um, yeah. But he he came right back with the blockbuster Mrs. Doubtfire like the, the next yeah, movie yeah. after that. But I uh, don't want to get off into Robin Williams because he's done so many good ones. But yeah. uh, Insomnia that was one that I just I loved. Um, 
I think I loved Robin Williams more in it, but it, I just loved how Pacino was in this and how just when he was like, when, when there was not really super duper, ah, intense action, but when he was, especially during towards the end, when he was just trying to like still stay awake, but at least be aware enough to uh, know what was going on in, in, uh, in the, uh, in the, in the, the situation that, that he was dealing with trying to try to stop uh, Robin Williams. Uh, I really love that, but uh, I won't tell you the end. Cause it was like, it, it was, it was, it wasn't like super duper. Like, Oh my God. Ending, but it was a good ending, especially for for the characters that were, they were dealing with. And this, yeah, I'm definitely gonna have to dig this out and rewatch it. Um, yeah. Insomnia. If you guys haven't seen that as far, I don't, think it's streaming on netflix i'm sure i would have watched it by now do you know it look really uh quick. let's see what my pop-up says that was 2002 uh yeah the only thing i see is uh prime video rent by from 2.99 so yeah yeah it's not on uh doesn't look like it's anywhere right now Mm-mm. let me see what movies uh are on what should we call it well one more time i'll just jump in real quick one more time with pacino kind of give you inside the recording of the podcast it's uh the same day as the uh, 2020 nfl draft and uh, pacino's big uh football film 1999's any given sunday and his uh Tony Diamato character. Um, it's funny the lines he says in this film, uh, uh, "insure a yard" quotes and all that. Like they still use that in in you know sports all the time. Like the things that he said in this film. But that being said, there's so many like aspects of this film. Like yes, like there's aspects that they they did pull, and there were crazy things going on in football, and they brought attention to that. But on the other hand, there's so much of this film that's so like cartoonish and over the top, and it's like nowhere near like what it actually is. So. Um, you saw any given Sunday, right? I don't remember any of it. Um, okay. Well, the scene yeah, I do I mean, remember. I don't think I should talk about it, but right. I uh, <laughs> I, I don't remember seriously. I I definitely want to watch it again. Yeah, it's good. Um, Al Pacino, Dennis Quaid, Jamie Fox, Cameron Diaz, James Woods, LL Cool J. Um, the basic premise is that uh, uh, Pacino's the coach. Uh, Dennis Quaid is his old quarterback nearing the end of his career and um, when he gets hurt the rookie uh, Jamie Foxx has to come in Willie Beeman and he you know he it's awesome for him and whatever it's like it's 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 a cool story in that you know you have this guy who wants to finish his career in uh, Dennis Quaid and then you got the young hotshot, you know, Jamie Foxx, and they do the, he does like music videos and everything. I'm Willie Beam and, <laughs> and all this and that. But yeah, like Pacino's like, so like when people do like Pacino imitations, like he's like, like all through that, this movie, he's at his like high level, like, you know, where he's almost like yelling that kind of Pacino performance. So <laughs> yeah, I, I don't remember that movie at all. 
Yeah, it's worth it's worth a watch. But like I said, like especially now, as much as we have seen over the years, especially since '99, how we have seen so much more uh, on the sidelines and behind the scenes and NFL hard knocks, everything like that. Like, yes, like stuff does happen and people did do stuff. But like, there's a lot in this that it comes off like almost like cartoonish as like the levels of craziness, you know. Uh, is this streaming anywhere? I kind of want to watch it now. <laughs> uh, it doesn't say here, but I did see it was on HBO not too long ago. So, and I don't know if you've noticed, but uh, HBO actually they're big fans of Pacino and De Niro. A uh, good amount of their films are usually can be found uh, on HBO. All right. Uh, I am going to go to a film that everybody hated. Uh, it wasn't the greatest film, um, but I thought, I, for what it was, I was a fan of this uh, this comic book character, and it was cool to see them bring it to to life in the actually nineteen ninety. Uh, this is the action comedy crime uh, film that stars the the beautiful Madonna. And the, the, I don't know why everyone, I mean, he's all right. He's an actor, but he mm-hmm. seems, seems dull in everything. And this is Dick Tracy. And I was talking about Warren Beatty. Um, I like this film. I only seen it once. I didn't see it in the theater. Um, a buddy of this is during the blockbuster days. I was at my buddy's house and we we're getting ready to go out. Uh, but he was on the phone having women problems. And, uh, I just went upstairs and I looked at the, he had, uh, rentals on top of the TV. So I said, well, what's this? And then with Dick Tracy, I went, mm, okay, I'm, give me something to watch. Uh, and I ended up watching the whole thing. And I liked it for what it was. I do have the soundtrack. Well, all the Madonna songs uh, from this film. I didn't care for everything else that was in it. But uh, it was cool. I mean, I really liked uh, the characters that they brought to us. I mean, and Al Pacino was in this. He was big boy Caprice. Uh, he, he was basically the, the crime leader. And I loved... Um, William uh, Forsythe, I loved him as Flat Top. I thought he did an amazing job. Everybody that was in, even uh, the great, um, what's his name? He was Mumbles. Um, yeah. <laughs> Dustin Hoffman, uh, he he was in this. I mean, I mean it, it was cool. I loved how they these characters of the bad guys that we got in the comic strips, strips and and they especially with, with the 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 practical effects of of creating these characters. On uh on how they looked, how their faces looked, and everything. I mean, it made them all look all crazy looking and everything. But um, I guess I assume this was in New York or some whatever made up city they were in. But uh, I really liked it. It it kind of reminded me of uh I mean, this not so much the colors, but the the setting of um what's his name Batman. The the was that ninety as well or eighty nine? Eighty nine. It reminded me of that. So it, this is shortly after that. But I love the 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 scenes of, of the CD, whatever city they were in. But uh, Warren Beatty, I can take him or leave him. But um, I think I mainly wanted to see this because of Madonna. I, I was I'm a huge Madonna fan. Uh, not so much of her, her acting, but uh, of her music, uh, mainly all the '80s stuff. And I think once she hit '90s, I kind of tuned out a little. But there was songs here and there that I liked. But uh, I loved uh, Big Boy Caprice, Al Pacino, uh, his character. He, he was pretty hardcore in this, but I, I really loved uh, 
how he how he was acting in it. I mean, when you mentioned this was the loud Al Pacino, he was loud in this too. So, yeah. <laughs> but um, I had yeah, I've, like I said, I've not seen this movie in, in a really long time. Um, I'd probably get it. I mean, I enjoyed it. I mean, I enjoyed it for what it was. It was a nice comic book, uh, yep. com- comic strict film brought to brought to life and. I was also I was really a huge fan of of especially I mean mainly because of James Bond with the with little gadgets but I loved uh, Dick Tracy's little uh, his little uh, communicator watch I always thought that was awesome and I love these old type of uh, mob uh, old school Tommy gun shooting uh, films so it was cool I mean it, it is what it is uh, but it was cool to to see what they did in this film and Al Pacino his character I think Flat Top was my favorite character in it. And uh, but I mean Al Pacino. I mean he he played a good, uh, a good uh, comic strip bad guy. Yeah, he, he was really good because he was ah, he was always yelling and screaming yeah. about what was going <laughs> on in this. So, but yeah, if you guys have not seen Dick Tracy, uh, it says here it is streaming on uh, Cinemax. Yep. Uh, so you can check it out there. And yeah, it was 1990s Dick Tracy. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that one up. Uh, I was 11 when it came out, so it was like prime setting for me it was it felt like it was really uh, marketed towards me i remember they had a nintendo video game too uh out at the same time that was based on this that i got so yeah i was all into it but that being said uh i don't think i've seen it since the 90s so it's definitely something i'd like to check out again yeah i i couldn't even tell you the last time i saw this um I don't know. Right. <laughs> it if it does come on TV, maybe I just don't pay it no mind. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I'll have, yeah, to, I'll have yeah, to look yeah. for it. Um I guess I'll jump over to uh, another De Niro one real quick. Um I think I've mentioned this before, uh probably a random recommendation, but the uh 2001. Uh, I know you were just saying uh, take him or leave him, but uh, uh, the De Niro, Edward Norton film, uh, 2001's The Score. An aging thief hopes to retire and live off his ill-gotten wealth when a young kid convinces him in doing one last heist. I think I mentioned before we talked about how we I loved uh, heist films, and uh, I love how this one it's it's. It's for the most part, it's pretty straightforward, but I love it's one of those uh, con within a con movie and everybody else trying to outthink each other. Um, I know this is uh, one of Marlon Brando's uh, last appearances in this one and it was directed by Frank Oz. So um, this is one I can definitely I don't throw it on as much as like a Ronin or a Fugitive, but um, this is one I don't mind throwing on uh, every once in a while. It's it's right up there, crime, drama, thriller, action genre that I love. So, yeah, that's the score. I seen it once. I don't remember it at all. <laughs> uh, I think it was one of those ones someone brought it to work and we ended up watching it at work. And I right, I don't really remember. I rem- I remember I could see the picture of the box uh, with just their their faces on it, but I I don't. I don't remember anything about this movie. All right. What do you you got? Any others? Yeah. The one that I'm going to, uh, and I actually saw this was, it was a double feature with, um, what was that movie? Uh, juice. 
Um, it was, uh, I think it was Juice. I, I don't remember. But anyway, um, this is uh, came out in 1991. This is a film uh, by Martin Scorsese. Uh, Cape Fear, uh, the the remake uh, of Cape Fear. I think the other one was like in the 60s. Uh, I don't remember. I know I seen that one. I like that one too, but it wasn't. Yeah, sixty two, the original. Uh, that one was that one came out. But uh, convicted rapist released from prison after serving a fourteen year sentence stalks the family of the lawyer who originally defended him. Uh, this was Robert De Niro and uh, little um, what was his name in Mandalorian? Nick Nolte. Um, oh, uh, Quill. Yeah, Quill. <laughs> everyone, everyone just call him Quill. I was while listening to Pa, they call him little uh, little Nolte. But uh, Nick Nolte, uh, awesome Jessica Lange, and I love Juliette Lewis. Uh, she was in this. This did star uh, also the, the guys from the original film, uh, Robert Mitchum and Gregory Peck. Uh, they were also in this film. Um, this was the psycho crazy De Niro. And uh, Martin Scorsese, I mean, they, they, him and De Niro have such uh, a long history together. Uh, they call he, De Niro calls uh, Martin Marty and uh, Marty calls uh, Robert De Niro Bobby or Bob. So, I mean, that's how far they go back. But this film was awesome, man. I mean, I'd seen uh, De Niro and, and Crazy De Niro, but in this one, he was like super hardcore crazy. Uh, I loved it. I mean, he was just really violent in, in this. And I think I think my favorite scene is... Um, Probably the one when they're in, in the uh, when they're in the theater when um, McNulty and his family are trying to watch a movie and uh, De Niro's up in the front smoking a cigar, just laughing hysterically at something that's not even really that funny. But uh, this film was awesome. I mean, this was just the the long haired De Niro. He came straight out of prison, tattoos all over him, and uh, on just how nuts he was on he with him just what the fourteen years of him trapped in prison, just planning his him to to get back. At uh, Nick Nolte and his family, I really didn't like the very end, um, but the the lead up to that, everything else was good. But I really love this, and I thought De Niro just really, really, really put it out in this one, mainly because he, he just went crazy uh, in this one. Have you seen this one? Uh, no, I don't think I have actually. You've never seen this? No. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, it says it's streaming on Stars, so ah, uh, Stars. Uh, I don't know if I who has that. stars. Yeah, whoever has <laughs> stars, uh, uh, yeah, hook us up. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think I have it on DVD. I don't know. I mean, the thing about uh, a lot of my old DVDs, especially the, the the original ones that were out, none of them are formatted for these TVs now. So it's like right in the middle that it doesn't fill or at least go to the ends of the screen. It sucks, man. I, I hate that. I got a lot of movies like that. Those are the ones I usually sell when we have yard sales. But uh, right. this is definitely an awesome film to to see if you guys have never seen it. It's like just De Niro at his craziest. Um, Jessica Lange, uh, I love her in just about everything she's done. Uh, Juliette Lewis as well. But this is the young, young uh, Juliette Lewis. There is a scene. She was she was of age, but there's a scene in this with her and Juliette Lewis and Robert De Niro. It was like eerie to watch. Like, is this okay? Should we be watching this? Should this little girl be doing what she's doing? <laughs> in this, she was probably in her twenties when she filmed this. But right, it, it was it was an eerie scene. I remember sitting in a the theater, not being the only one. 
I, I heard other people in the crowd going, Oh my God, really? And then I was just, I was sitting there like, Whoa. But, uh, right. yeah, it, it was ruthless. I mean, this, I mean, De Niro was probably at, at his craziest in this one. But yeah, if you guys haven't seen this, definitely check out, uh, 1991 Martin Scorsese film, uh, Cape Fear. It's funny, uh, as we were talking about it and I said I hadn't seen it because it didn't sound familiar. I was, I was looking at it and I did. I actually, it wasn't that long ago that I watched it. I just forgot that that was Nolte in it, which is what really threw me off. I did see this. <laughs> yeah, this was uh, before he went nuts, Nolte. Right. Yeah, yeah. He's actually pretty clean cut in yeah, it. Yeah, because he, he was a lawyer in this one. Yeah. Because so, in, in the original, yes. uh, Gregory Peck was the lawyer and Robert Mitchum was the was the, the crazy dude. Right. Yes, yes, I did. I did see this. I don't know why, because I was just listening to when you were describing it, and it wasn't ringing a bell. And then I had to look it up, and I was like, oh, yes, of course I've seen it. <laughs> did you ever get to The Irishman yet? Shockingly, no. I, uh... As we were doing this, I was looking at that, and I was like, damn, how have I still not watched that? De Niro's hardcore in this, but I, my favorite was uh, Al Pacino in that one. Played Jimmy Hoffa. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, he was ruthless as well. But, I um, mean, yeah, definitely, dude, just take the... It's not like you got anywhere to go. Well, I guess you're going back to work <laughs> now. But <laughs> Well, it, on it's, a limited basis. Yeah, I mean, it's... On call. Just turn it on <laughs> and, and go for it, man. It, it's a good movie. Yeah. It's it's a, it's a really slow burn, but it's... Yeah. It's, it's something... It, it's good. It, it's Scorsese with two awesome guys that we're talking about today. Uh, right. Those of you that have seen it, I mean, it, it, it don't, don't expect it to be, ah, oh, yeah, through the whole thing, but it's just super duper slow. <laughs> and, okay. Did okay. it need to be three hours long? No, but it, no. but it's still <laughs> a good movie. Um, with De Niro and it, and it's, there was one uh, that I watched not too long ago. It was kind of slow and weird. Um, did you see stone? It was, uh, uh Ed Norton again. Uh, De Niro, Ed Norton, and uh, Mila Jovovich. Yes, yes, I did see that. I it sounded familiar, and yeah, he was the the one. Uh, he was in uh, jail, right? Yeah, uh, a convict. Yeah. A convicted arsonist looks to multiple, uh, oh, manipulated parole officer into a plan to secure his parole by uh, placing his beautiful wife in the lawyers in the in the lawman's path. Uh, yeah, Mila was uh, showing it all in this one, but <laughs> uh, it, it was what it was. I mean, I wasn't like, I didn't turn it off. Uh, I mean, I love Mia, me, me, Mila. That was the main reason I, I started watching this. But uh, it was a bonus to get De Niro and well, De Niro. I, I don't Ed Norton. I, I loved him in American History X. I loved him in that, but I don't know. I can take him or leave him. Um, right. Uh, Fight Club. I mean, everyone loves that film, but I mean, it wasn't yep. it wasn't because of him that movie was awesome. But I don't know what it is. I think just that whole Incredible Hulk deal and how he just tried to take over and thought he knew better. Yeah, I think that's what threw me away from from him. I mean, what number? What film was that in the MCU? Was it three? Two. Oh, was it two? Nope. Iron Man, two. The Incredible. Oh, that's right. Yep. That's not on. That's a universal title, so it's not on Disney Plus, right? 
Right. And that was the, always the interesting thing about it is, is that they started the MCU and they had Marvel Studios. But like you said, the second film is paramount. So, And I also heard recently that one of the reasons they didn't really return to it is because of that, but also that the rights might lapse back to Marvel. Uh, but in the meantime, that Ragnarok... Um, Infinity War and Endgame was supposed to basically be like a Hulk trilogy, like Ragnarok, Hulk is, you know, he's completely in control out on Sakaar, and then Infinity War, Hulk is like completely gone, and it's just Banner, and then finally Endgame, they agree and are together. I don't want that Endgame Hulk anymore. I want Hulk that we know. All Raging? Wild. Yeah, <laughs> it was funny, but it didn't work. It was just yeah. like, it's I, Professor Hulk. Yeah, it's it worked good for uh, Ruffalo for him to have more lines. But uh, I, watching Endgame again, I didn't I didn't care for it. But uh, I think we've been going over a little over an hour. But uh, yeah, yeah, we should. I'll, let him go. I'll wrap it up. Uh, well. I'll wrap it up with one uh, De Niro and then wrap it up with a Pacino. But I think my favorite De Niro film, uh, I've ta- he's done so many other good films. Uh, I, um, I liked him in Sleepers. I liked him in Copland, Jackie Brown, uh, This Boy's Life. He was a really bad guy in that one, but I did enjoy that one. There's him and a young uh, Leo DiCaprio. Um, Backdraft. He was only he wasn't he was one of the side characters, but I did like uh, his role in that. Uh, were no angels that was a late 80s run right after midnight run i think that one was a funny one um of course godfather uh when, when he popped up in that uh, raging bowl of course we did talk a little bit about him taxi driver of course um mean streets i really liked his character as that is johnny boy that, it was mainly uh harvey Keitel's uh story but um uh, de niro being in that one as well but the film that always stands out to me, and I, I just love it. I, this is a film I can watch over and over and over again. Um, A, a Bronx Tale. Oh, uh, yeah. Came out in 93. It was also directed uh, by Robert De Niro. It was based off of uh, Chaz Palminteri's uh, screenplay, or his play, uh, Bronx Tale. A father becomes worried when, his lo- when a local gangster befriends his son in the Bronx in the 1960s. Uh, this was uh, Robert De Niro, Chaz Palminteri, and a ton of other people uh, that you guys all have seen. And Joe Pesci pops up in the end. But this film w- was awesome. The, the His little son that was in it was mainly his story. Um, uh, uh, they called him C, but his name was uh, Colojuro. I think that's how you say it. It was played by uh, two people. It was, there was a young version, and then there was an... Uh, an older one. The older one, the actor uh, Lilo Rancetinto. I don't know. I can't say his last name, but he got into some problems and he was uh, in prison for a while. But I think he's out and he's trying to get back into acting. But uh, this this story was awesome. And, and both of us being fathers and trying trying to raise your kids right and everything, especially uh, in in these times of the the neighborhood being run by uh the one of the italian uh, gangster guys um sunny uh by chas palmateri it, 
his his whole story was was awesome and i loved it but robert de niro just trying to be the father the that just worked hard and took care of his family and just stayed away from the the street crime that he knew was happening in his neighborhood but and how he grew up he just looked away from it it didn't it didn't involve him let me just let me just live my life and take care of my family but his little son he was seeing it, seeing it, and in his eyes, he was idolizing Sonny, uh, the neighborhood bad guy, and his whole uh, gang of thugs. But in the end, I mean, it it, it did make a lot of sense to uh, little C at the end of the film. But I mean, and he did understand. His dad was trying to tell him, "Come on, just just do right and, and live your life." Sonny was also telling him that uh, the little he was telling little C, he was like, "Don't do what I do. This isn't for you." Yeah, he took him under his wing and all that, but it, it was it was a really good story. If you guys haven't seen this, um, it doesn't look like I could stream it anywhere. I think you can just rent it on uh, Prime. But um, this movie is amazing. I love it. And De Niro, he's in it, but he's not in it that much. Like I said, it's mainly about his little son, uh, uh, his story. But De Niro does an awesome performance in this, and and I really loved it. I mean, I, I just I think I just love it the most is because of. Uh, uh, the scene that he says when he, with, with his son when he's telling him because uh, uh, Lil C was work, or Colodulo, he was working um, uh, for Sonny. He was uh, serving drinks and all that and the guys were giving him tips and uh, De Niro, uh, his dad, he, he found uh, uh, Lil Colodulo's stash and he told him, where'd you get this money? And, oh, I was working the craps games and they gave him tips. So he took him back down there and he goes, what are we doing? He goes, we're going to go down there and talk to Sonny. And he went into this, to this whole scene and telling him that he goes here, we can't accept this. And he goes, that's your son's. And he goes, no, I don't want my son go, being involved in what goes on, goes on here. And Sonny's just like, come on, man, it just, it's his. And he goes, he goes, I, I treat that kid like he's my son. And uh, De Niro's like, he goes, he's not your son. He's my son. He goes, why don't you just don't mess with someone's family? And Sonny's like, what? And he goes, look, I know who you are and I know what you're capable of. And he goes, but you're wrong here. He goes, this is my son, not yours. And Sonny was hardcore. He's, man, why don't you just get the fuck out of here before I give you a slap? And, and, and De Niro's like, you just stay away from him. So he goes outside. And then when he sees uh, his son, Cologial, he goes, hey, where's my money? He goes in there. And he goes, what? That was my money. He's like, no, that's bad money. You can't have it. He goes, I don't want you being involved here. And he goes, he always kept telling me, he goes, you'll understand when you're older. But he's like, Dad, he goes, no, that's my money I work for. And he goes, that's bad money. I don't want you to have it. And then his little C is like, just, no, listen to me. And then De Niro just slaps him. And he's like, no. He goes, that's, he's like, no, you can't have that money. And then he's just telling him, like, and he goes, he goes, little C is like, he goes, Sonny's right. He goes, "Uh, the working man is a sucker. And he's like, no. And he goes, he's got it wrong. He goes, it doesn't take, he goes, it doesn't take very much strength to pull a trigger. He goes, but it takes a lot of strength for, for, for a father to get up, uh, for a person to get up every single day and and work all day. And he goes, he goes that, he goes, that's, he goes, that's the, that's the strong man or that's the, uh, the, the tough guy. Cause I mean, what, what C was seeing, he was like, he, he knew what was tough and it was Sonny and his crew. And he goes, he goes, I'm the tough guy. Your father's the tough guy. He goes, the working man is. And he goes, let, he goes, let me see him do that every day. I mean, that scene stuck to me like so much. Right. Um, and I'm, when I first saw this film, I didn't see it in the theater. I saw it. Uh, Tigger was born. She was a brand new baby. And I, I remember Renee was just worn out. So she was uh, asleep. And I remember I was sitting there holding um, 
uh, Tiga, and this movie was on in the room. It was all cut up, but <laughs> it, it was it, it. It takes me back to that time of me of holding my daughter, my first child in my arm, watching this and finally getting and listening to what De Niro's character was telling his son and getting it. And it made me think of my dad uh, on what he did for us. Um, if you guys want to listen to that, go listen back to one of the last Magnus podcast, probably the last episode I did when I really went into it. But that scene was just amazing. It stood out to me so much. And I understood and it more because I was a brand new father. I'm sitting there holding my daughter. Hopefully I can teach her the best I can. Uh, of course, she's she kind of veered off for a little while, but she's, she's doing good now. She's a mother and she probably understands now that uh, what I was doing for her, what her at what. I and her mother was doing for her, but yeah, this movie really stood out to me so much. And then that's probably like my favorite. It's not really his film, but it is probably one of my favorite Robert De Niro films. And he did direct it. So that was a, a plus. Right. All right. What do you got for one last one? Uh, or one yeah, last De Niro, one. one last Pacino. Okay. Um, I feels like, uh, I, we definitely have some people uh, talking to us if we didn't uh, mention uh, the big one for uh, Pacino that we didn't. I, we didn't even uh, mention a little bit, but uh, 83's uh, uh, Scarface, uh, 1980 Miami, a determined human immigrant takes over a drug cartel and succumbs to greed. Um I obviously I didn't see this when I was uh, four years old when it came out or even in the 80s. It wasn't until uh, the hip hop of the 90s and especially uh, Raekwon's only built for Cuban links um, and the tracks there incriminated Scarface's criminology where they're using uh, dialogue from the film that intrigued me to go back and watch it. That being said, uh, I remember watching it and not totally being blown away, but you got to respect it for what it is. And it just, it's so iconic in, in everything else that it's influenced. But uh, uh, I take it you weren't a, a, the biggest Scarface fan? Yes, I saw this in its original run. I was 12 years old when I saw this. Uh, I saw it multiple times in the theater. This was a film that um i didn't know nothing about my of course i knew who al pacino was at this time but um my cousin he lived across the street and he was like he always went to the movies and um i went to a lot of movies with him and he was telling me he goes oh man i saw this movie yesterday scarface oh it was hella good it's this it's that and i was like well okay i want to see this now and he he sold it to me didn't sell it to me didn't tell me that it was almost three hours long yeah, <laughs> and uh, probably one of the last films where they had an intermission. Uh, so, wow, wow, yeah. So I was like, "All right, cool." So I was, I was all juice for this film. Uh, I had to sit through another film first. I believe it was a, a Charles Bronson film, Ten to Midnight. Uh, awesome film. If you guys haven't seen that, um, so I was like, "All right, cool." Um, was it Ten to Midnight? I'm thinking something else now. But anyway, whatever it was, uh, we sat through one uh, what one other film, and then we this was the second film. This was the one that I wanted to see. So, okay, the movie starts, and I'm like, okay, what's going on here? F-bombs throughout. They, they had no idea that was going to be Brian De Palma's name. I knew who he was because uh, I loved Carrie. Uh, so I was like, all right, cool. And not knowing what I was going to be in for. I mean, I knew it was 
from what my cousin was telling me, I knew it was going to be a shoot 'em up movie and drugs and all that. But I didn't know it was going to be what it was. And I mean, there's so many good scenes. I mean, especially the scene uh, when, when his, uh, when his, uh, his buddy gets killed uh, with the chainsaw. That whole scene was crazy. Yeah. Um, the, crazy. This little shootouts here and there, his climb from just a little uh, immigrant uh, from Cuba. Well, they were immigrants then. Now they're Americans. But, <laughs> but um, just his climb from, from the dishwasher to, where he was and i was like oh my god and the ending just blew me away i mean i i love that i love that i can watch that i can watch this whole movie over and over no matter what part it's on i can sit down and watch it um uh i was already uh in love with michelle pfeiffer because she would i fell in love with her after this was before greece too so i i knew her uh no no this was after greece too i, I that's when i first saw Michelle Pfeiffer, but uh, there was a lot of people in this that I already seen in, in, in other films. You even got what's his name? He's in this. Uh, what was the guy in a wheelchair in Breaking Bad? Um. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, Hector. Yeah, he was in this too. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, that in- was that. That was uh, my, one of my most recent watches. That was one thing that really stood out: the fact that uh, uh, Hector was in it, and I didn't realize it that the, obviously the first time I saw it. <laughs> But this film has, it really, a lot of people didn't see it in the theater. Right. I mean, a lot of these guys that are, oh, I love, it's like my favorite movie. But they saw it either on DVD or VHS. One of my yeah. one of my buddies loves this film. He didn't see it until it hit DVD. Right. And um, he, he went all out on this. He bought all the, the action figures, the posters, and <laughs> everything. He's got everything. Scarface. He's even got one of the, the the Tony Montana chairs with the the TM on it in his garage. Wow! That that's how far he went into this. I don't think I have anything other than the movies, but um, this I I mean when when I talk about this film, especially with to to people that that are the are huge idols that are just love this film, but they they didn't see it in its original run. Um, when they do re-release it again in the theaters and they show it, it's the new version. Or it's the same movie, but they cleaned it up and they added the sound. I do not like this new cleaned-up version. I do not like. They changed the sounds of the gunshots. Huh? It's more, more, especially that end. It was like really just heavy bass and everything, and in each of the shots. If you watch, if you can get a hold, uh, I think it's on youtube i'd have to search for it but um on how it really sounded uh the dvd and the vhs sounds like how it sounded in the theater the the new blu-rays now it's the cleaned up uh they redid the whole sound i don't like that version i mean it's still a good movie to watch but it did that that bugs me because i'd seen this movie so much i knew the sounds of the guns i don't they did that to terminator uh they did that to first blood i don't like how the guns sound now but I mean, this one, this one was was one of the ones. This is probably one of the first ones that I really noticed that. This in Terminator, when I was like, "That's not how the gun sounded," and I I don't like that. I mean, yeah, it sounds cool with you in your surround system, but it 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 did not. It it was more of a um, a more treble and pitchy, like a high sound, more of a pop, not a big boom uh, when right, when right, you hear right. these shots. I mean, especially that end when the whole uh, him the door. Back, the whole battle yeah it didn't sound like that 
it just i don't know that, that just little things like that bug me it's pretty much the exact same movie but it's it's just that i didn't i didn't like how they went and re, redid the sounding uh, of that so uh i'm sure that's what uh, when when they re-release these in, in the films or in the in the theater when they have those flashback dates um but did you ever see this on the big screen and like maybe I, one of those old school days no no never saw it on the big screen like i said only once uh the 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 main thing that brought it to me was uh, early '90s uh, or I guess more mid '90s Wu Tang, especially like I said, the Raekwon album was the big inspiration. And uh, the funniest part is even now with that uh, criminology track, they play the um, "I Told You a Long Time Ago Not to F with Me" that whole thing. Uh, it's so funny that when he says that, when the character says that to him right before they do go to war, um, it, the guy doesn't sound, he sounds all normal. And then all of a sudden, I told you a long time ago, it sounds so much different. It's so weird. And like, it's interesting that obviously that's why Ray chose it for the track. But yeah. <laughs> Did you play the game? I actually haven't. Uh, I played it once. Uh, Kyle ended up beating it because he was like, who's Scarface? So he played the game uh, and he didn't really understand what was happening. I just showed him the end. I didn't think he wanted to sit through the whole three hours. Yeah, I yeah, said, because yeah. the, the begin the, the game starts where the, where it ended. He survives. Okay. He survives and he gets out and, and runs around and he's uh, <laughs> still uh, trying to be um, king of the world. Right. You know, right. <laughs> so, but, it, it was cool. He was like, whoa. So I showed him that whole end scene. I said, he was a bad guy. He was a drug dealer and he double crossed these other guys. And that's why they're shooting up his house. And he was like, oh, okay. So then he, he finished playing the game. But, uh, I, I didn't really get into it because I was like, how the hell did he survive all that? Cause you see how many times, right. how much, <laughs> how much, uh, bullets he took and then a, a shotgun blast to the back, double shotgun. Both yeah, barrels yeah. to the back. There's no way <laughs> that would, nope. other than it would have blew out your spine and everything. But yeah, exactly. Because it looked like it went right through him because they shot him in the back, and then you saw that big old uh, blood stain in the front, and then falling into the water. Unless he just held his breath that that long, but I don't know. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> but obviously, being so coked up, <laughs> it, it helped him. But I mean, this movie had so many lines in it. To, it's it's very quotable film, but. Uh, even Al Pacino, when when he said he when he first did this, he was like, they they were like, "Well, oh, aren't you Italian?" And he's like, oh, I'm, I'm an actor. I, I could do it." And then this is what we got. And uh, I remember the first time uh, my mom and dad took my brother and I to uh, Universal Studios. Uh, they were still making this film, so there was there was posters of it. Al Pacino or uh, Scarface. I was like, "What Scarface?" Uh, it, it's not the poster that everyone sees now. There was one. It was just a. It was just his face, and it said Scarface on it. And I was like, "What are those?" And um, one of the tear guys. Oh, they're making a a new movie in that in that uh, hangar or studio building. I was like, "Oh, okay, cool." Didn't think of it. Didn't really think anything of it until the film actually came out. But I mean, yeah. I mean, that first time watching it, I was like, "Damn, that was good." Um. I sat through it twice. Uh, we watched the first movie, which I cannot remember what it was. Then we watched Scarface. Then we watched that movie again to watch Scarface the second time. 
So I was basically wow. I was basically there for a, what six, That's seven, eight, nine, ten, twelve hours. I don't know how long, but I was there. Like it was it was light when we went in and dark when we came out. But I was just like, oh my god, this movie was awesome. And when it came out on VHS, I just I just had to have it. It was one. It came out. It was one of those double VHS ones, to where it, it only had enough room for the first half of the film. Then you had to switch the tapes. It had that. When the intermission, I was all so into it, and I had to pee really bad, and then it stopped. And I was like, is that it? And then the intermission thing came across the screen. I jumped up, ran to the bathroom, got more popcorn, and came back in. And (laughs) as far as that, I can only think of a few movies that had intermissions. Uh, This film, I remember I went to, uh, my uncle took us to see Smokey and the Bandit 2 in uh, Farmington, New Mexico. I remember that had an intermission. That movie isn't very long, but they still had an intermission. I thought that was weird. Uh, and then uh, the first, uh, the Fellowship of the Ring, was that the first one? Yeah. That one. had. Well, I guess the other two also had. Uh, two Towers and Return of the King had intermissions. But uh, these, yeah, this was, I was like, wait, what was happening? Why, is, why did the movie stop? But I, I was, my cousin goes, I could, intermission, let's go to the bathroom. So I remember like, I remember sitting in my seat like, oh my God, I got pissed, but I didn't want to get up and miss anything. <laughs> so, but yeah, man, I mean, it's weird when I talk about this to people. All my friends that seen it that, that love this film didn't see it until way much later. Yep. I never really came across anyone other than my cousin that actually saw this when it was brand new. Right. That, that shows you how old I am, everyone. But <laughs> this film is amazing. I think my favorite line of this whole film film is at the end. Not the whole, you need a fucking army if you're going to take me. I think my favorite is after he shoots the the little the little uh, grenade launcher and uh, it blows up uh, the door where all those guys mm-hmm. are coming in and the, the, the smoke is starting to clear. I mean, it goes, huh? How you like that? You fucking modded gun. Yeah. That's 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 just that one line always gets me juice because after that is when it goes and then you think you could take me you're a fucking army if you're gonna take me and this is when that guy slowly comes walking up behind him. I mean that was so iconic scene of him just taking all those shots because then he's just just gunning everyone down taking just hits left and right and then when he finally just drops his gun and he just I'm still standing. And I'm like, whoa. I mean, other than everyone must have been sh- bad shots because no one hit him in the head. But yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was awesome. And I, I just love that scene. Damn, I got to dig this one out. I know I have this steel book somewhere, but I, know right. I, I just took a picture of it not too long ago. I think I just stuck it in a stack of movies when I was doing my, my IG page for the Blu-ray Nez. At Blu-ray Nez, everyone, follow me there. Uh, but yeah, this film is just a timeless classic and didn't realize how big of an impact that it has. With yeah, until later. 90s sure. to 2000s to, to today, on especially in the hip hop world. Yeah. Uh, I believe there's a documentary on one of the, either the Blu-ray or the DVD, I can't remember, on how, uh, how just a lot of these guys don't base their lives on them, but just love uh, this film. And, uh, I saw that feature. So yep. it's it's crazy, but you guys are all new jacks. I was there from the beginning uh, with this film. <laughs> so, but yeah, Scarface, nineteen eighty three, uh, written by Oliver Stone. He did the screenplay. 
and I was directed by the great Brian De Palma. I really love a lot of his work. I think my favorite film of his is um, Dress to Kill. I think that was it. Did he do that one? I know he did Carrie. I know he did Body Double, uh, Casualties of War. I love Mission Impossible. Um, yeah, the original. Well, the original film. Yeah, um, yeah, he did Dress to Kill. Uh, that was in 1980. He also did a movie with um, with um, what's his nuts? Uh, just talked about him, uh, John Travolta. There was a movie called Blowout. Uh, I really love that one. Did Did you ever see Body Double? It was the movie right after uh, Scarface that Brian De Palma directed. No, no. Uh, let me see if that's streaming anywhere. That one was cool. I'm I, I didn't see that until it came out on HBO. Um, but my uh, cousin that took me to see Scarface, he said, that's what got me to watch it. He's like, yeah. Oh, okay. He goes, the, the guy that made Scarface made this one. It was the movie he made right after in 1984. Uh, that one was a real good. Um, Melanie Griffith was probably the biggest person in that one. There were some other people in it that you recognize, but uh, the, the main guy in it, um, I think the last thing I saw him in was uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Dream Warriors. But this is a young Melanie Griffith before she messed up her face. But yeah, that movie. If, if you ever see it streaming anywhere, definitely check it out. Body Double is good. I won't really go into what that it's about because uh, it, it was it was kind of trippy on, on what was happening in that one. But Brian De Palma did uh, does amazing films. Uh, maybe not so much of the his later things, but uh, I really loved my introduction to him was Carrie, and that was uh, the one that came out in nineteen seventy six. So, but do you want to watch Scarface? Uh-huh. <laughs> no, uh, it might be a little too, yeah, uh, intense for him. But sounded like not now. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, all right, everyone. I think that's it. Correct. I think so. Yeah, we're gonna an hour and a half for you guys. That should be enough. But we could go all night because these we these, could. Yeah. These two actors have done so much uh, stuff yeah. that we didn't even talk about. <laughs> Exactly. We can even go into the crappy movies that both of these guys made. Not exactly. together, not together, exactly. but just uh, I mean, just in general, yeah. You, you can't all be winners. <laughs> but, yep. <laughs> uh, everyone, thank you so much for listening. This is definitely uh, anchor edition for all you guys and everyone who listens to our anchor stuff. Thank you. And when you're done with all the anchor stuff, shoot on over to the uh, regular network, uh, Skater Podcast it Network, is. and listen to regular show. We got another regular show coming. We did drop. Uh, uh, the regular episode for you guys, and uh, my little rant on there. Some of you guys did reach about reach out about it. Uh, thank you for that. Uh, good, hey. uh, it was good and bad, but hey, uh, I said it's feedback. Yeah, uh, thank you. <laughs> I mean, you listen to the show, so thank you. Uh, uh, if you continue to listen, and party. But if you don't, hey, whatever. But anyway, oh, yeah. I'll get into that more when we do the regular <laughs> episode. But everyone, thank you so much for listening to us and. Uh, you can hear uh, more Anchor stuff. For, this is mainly for all you new guys uh, that listen to the show because obviously everyone else who listens to it already knows. But to hear our Anchor feed, other than here on Anchor itself, you can hear it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, CastBox, Overcast, Pocket Cast, and Radio Public. Uh, if you want to get a hold of us, you can find us on Facebook. Just search E-Society. We're on there. You can get a hold of us there. Or you can shoot on over to uh, Instagram, uh, ESP Magnez Pod. Uh, you can find us on there. The Zisu at Magnez. You can find us there. Uh, we're findable. So, but the, everyone, thank yeah. you so much for listening. Uh, love you guys all, and uh, be safe. Stay in the house and wash your hands.
Yep, exactly. All right, everyone. Thanks. Uh, Till next time, have fun, be safe, and we'll see you next time, you society. Thank <laughs> you.